Welcome to the Harrington Star FinTech Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Discussions. I want to showcase people across our industry who are advocates for change. I love to celebrate the wins, but we know there is so much more to be done to ensure that change actually happens to build a truly inclusive industry. In these diversity, equity and inclusion discussions, I have a number of series. The Humans of FinTech, The Talent Surgery, The Maternity and Paternity Stories, and the longest running of all, the Women of FinTech podcast series. I do lots of work to drive change campaigns across our industry to increase inclusion within the workplace. So please contact me to see how we can partner together. You can contact me through LinkedIn or on my email, nadia.edwards-dashti at harringtonstar.com. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Talent Surgery podcast series. We want to celebrate the individuals that have revolutionized the hiring and onboarding processes across the fintech industry. Talent creation is more than just a first day, a first week, or a first year, and we want to showcase how all-encompassing it is to people's entire careers and their successes. We believe it's the people that really define and execute strategy and love to showcase the agility needed to build great teams. So today we have Jenny Sadler, Talent Acquisition Manager at Market Access. Now, Market Access operates a leading institutional electronic trading platform delivering expanded liquidity opportunities, improved execution quality and significant cost savings across the global fixed income markets. It is a brilliant place to work, and Jenny is here to tell us all about why. Welcome, Jenny. It's great to have you. And you. It's nice to speak to you again, Nadia, as well. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. So just so that everyone can really understand what I was saying there in that introduction, it'd be great to hear from you about market access. Yeah, of course. Um, so obviously, as a fintech company, we've created a marketplace that makes it easy to trade bonds promoting price transparency, it's a little bit like what you mentioned, Nadia, more competition and greater choice. Uh, With over 1,800 institutional participants on our platform, we've created the broadest and deepest liquidity pool. So at Market Access, essentially, we're transforming an industry. So we're transforming the fintech industry. We're a 20-year-old company, um, which will be 21 this year, which feels, it very much feels like a startup, but with the stability and resources of one of the highest performing companies in the S&P 500. A lot of great things you can boast about the business. Um, yeah. And it's lovely to say, like, you've been around for 20 years, but still got that startup feel. Mm-hmm. That's really nice for people to know that. Definitely. So what about your role and, and your mission? I'd love to hear about yeah. that. Cool. So I sit within, so although it's talent acquisition, I sit within the HR team here as kind of the recruitment talent acquisition, SME, I guess is a good way of describing it. And I work for the senior HR manager, Mark Kelly, within this region. So my mission here really is to focus on the diversity inclusion within recruitment and make sure we demonstrate that market access and fintech is an inclusive environment, open to all backgrounds and genders. And I also get to work, obviously, because it's recruitment, I get to work on everything recruitment related. So I get to communicate with our vendors, make sure the ATS, for example, is being fully utilised, which I'll come on and talk to you a bit more about later on when you ask some of the questions about how my career kind of started. And essentially, you know, talk to people about interviewing, get to speak to candidates, you know, get to talk to candidates about what the values here are like as well. So to give them a good feeling of the culture, 
so yeah a bit of everything but obviously the part of the big focus for me was to come in and look at the diversity and inclusion around recruitment and that's just so important because it's such a big big thing that people are talking about and you know i yeah. love to introduce my podcast saying like what are we actually going to do for change and how can we celebrate the people that are making change happen and i really think that a wonderful thing that's happened with market access is you haven't just spoken about oh, we'd like to have more diversity and inclusion please your role is is central to your hiring strategy and retaining people as well making yeah. sure you're doing it right for the long run so with that in mind tell us a bit more about what makes market access a great place to work for somebody so this sometimes sounds a bit cliche but i think the culture so we've we've worked really hard to make sure that anyone joining us is able to feel the culture from the initial onboarding phase and I can even give that an example of when I was hired. I was hired during the pandemic, so in October last year. So I've not met any of my team physically. I haven't seen their offices. But the use of events and the onboarding kind of schedule that they put together, which was planned for me, gave me exposure and introduced me to so many people um, that make this business work, but also that I wouldn't necessarily have been exposed to because often when you sit in recruitment and TA, as you know, you're siloed to those that you're just working with on a project. So they made sure, you know, that I got to meet kind of everything that makes these cogs turn here. And it's a really refreshing environment due to the size. You know, we're not massive. You can't hide. But that means that all the work you do is recognised and seen by top leaders within the business. And everybody is approachable and interested in supporting the job I've been brought in to do. And that's been really refreshing for me because a bit like what you mentioned, it's not a case of coming in and paying lip service to this. There is a genuine interest and passion for it. So, you know, when, you know, when I've got to go for budgets and different things like that, because I want to do different events, there hasn't been pushback. There's been genuine interest. And that's why it's so refreshing. See, that's so important because there are so many businesses out there that are trying to do the change that's needed for diversity and inclusion, but they don't have sponsors of the the senior leadership team or even just sponsors of middle middle management or any type mm -hmm. of management like you need you need as many people in the business as possible to really understand the importance of it equate that to success and therefore put the policies and procedures in place yeah. and it's so great that you know you can you can boast that within the business that everyone understands it and they're with you on it like that's yes. a really unique thing so what about the challenges that you face as a business and how you overcome yeah. them um, so, as a, obviously, as a business that sit within fintech, we face the stigmatism that comes with financial institutions and finance as a sector. You know, assumptions, if I'm being, going to be really honest on this podcast, you know, assumptions are that this industry is very male-dominated and that positions are held by may, many white individuals, you know, within this sector, um, when that isn't always the case. So there is, you know, there is also the problem that we have of not seeing enough women in tech um, within the UK. And, and globally, actually, if we're honest, you know, I, I know the stats on the pools we're fishing from in the different regions as well. So we struggle, I think, as all technology businesses do, um, to attract top female talent, which is, which is very similar to a lot of our competitors, I think. So by having, you know, the different strategies that we've got in place around the diversity and inclusion and also making sure that everybody that's in a, in a recruiting role is aware of the fact, you know, we, we need to bear a lot of these things in mind, that's how we'll, you know, hopefully tackle them. And also by looking at the younger generations that we bring in as well so with our intern program you know we made sure that we went to the most diverse universities within the UK and that when we were recruiting in APAC we looked at polytechnics rather than the traditional institutions just to make sure that we were able to get you know a good 50-50 slate of male to female for the EMEA and APAC region and also you know actually to make sure that they came from very different social diverse backgrounds as well. 
And that is so brilliant to hear because I think, again, a lot of people talk about reaching out to unis and then they don't. And yeah. it's brilliant to hear that you've, you've gone to polytechnics as well, yeah. as well because, yeah. you, you know, you're not just going to the, the red bricks that, that aren't going to change no. anything. And also internally here, when you speak, to, like from when I spoke to lot of stakeholders, not everybody's come into the market via that traditional route, which is really refreshing because then when you do send them candidates that have not necessarily come from the red brick, it yeah. wasn't a straight away no. It was, yeah, you know, we're totally open to this because you can learn a lot in this industry and do, it depending on what background you've done. We don't necessarily want to look for people that have done the financial services background at Oxford or Cambridge. Yeah, really, really interesting to hear that. So what would you say your inclusion strategy actually consists of? Yeah, so we constantly strive to make our workforce more diverse inclusive and supportive of all. We've initiated women's events in New York, London and Amsterdam, allowing women from various companies and walks of life to share experiences and advice. And we've been able to further diversify our workforce through our summer intern, like what I just mentioned, and graduate hire programmes, which represent a spectrum of schools, fields of study, interests and like the socioeconomic backgrounds. And here, I think what else our inclusion strategy is good is that you'll have a ton of autonomy and ownership when you start here. So even the interns that come in, they're put on live projects, they're given real case, you know, cases to work on and problems to solve. And they'll work shoulder to shoulder with experienced leaders and fill the fire kind of an immense, you know, everyone's got this immense pride in tackling the possibilities here. So you have that feeling of when everyone's working on a project, you're all aiming for one goal. So yeah, here, I guess a good way to matter is we work hard, but we have a lot of fun as well. So although, you know, I don't think people always think that in FinTech, but we genuinely do. And here, they really embrace creativity and celebrate people's differences. So when I say about creativity, what I mean is, you know, we bring the interns and if they make a suggestion that a project we're working on could be run differently, and that's agreed, you know, they're not frightened to go, actually, let's look at this piece of innovation and let's run with it and give it a go. We're happy to hear those new ideas. See, that's really important. Yeah, because a lot of people are talking about, like, how do you create psychological safety within a business? And like, you've just given a really good example of how your interns will come in and they they will feel comfortable to put their hand up and make a suggestion. Yeah. You know, how many businesses out there would have an intern who just like, oh, I'm not going to suggest that. And it could be the No, we best do. And we also thing. do training. Um, like they get some specific training. So things like writing a, bit, a business email, which sounds really silly, but you can't make an assumption that somebody has been studying those years and does actually know how to do that because they may never have worked in a business environment. So we put them through courses like that as well so that they're equipped then to have that confidence in those meetings. And when they're, when they're putting an email over to somebody of senior leadership, they will have had that sort of training in the background yeah really important and then my next question is um around your strategy for career progression if you could share that with us yeah yeah definitely so i guess for this i probably will talk a bit about my personal my personal one really so like most people i think that might be on this podcast i fell into recruitment and talent acquisition it kind of wasn't a plan and my strategy has always been to keep ahead of the curve and keep up to date with market trends so i started my recruitment career agency side like many people do and it was really focused on media recruitment Yet, due to, I'd definitely say, an amazing manager and mentor who I was working for, I was able to expand the recruitment we did into telecoms and data before anyone else was thinking about that, which kind of led me into the internal role, which I did for nine years, specialising in business intelligence. So my advice to anyone is to learn the sector you're recruiting for. I mean, did I ever think I'd be in fintech? No, definitely not. Um, And at times I've recruited across aviation and different sectors like that. But, you know, you just learn it and you you do actually become passionate about it. Um, 
But, you know, for example, with me going into fintech, it was because the business I was in acquired a fintech business. And I was given the role of managing their recruitment and working across closely with the HWP to integrate them into business and look at all their global roles. So you just had to learn it quite quickly. So, yeah, it's, you know, I guess as well for me, diversity, equity and inclusion is something I've always been passionate about. And I guess I was able, by coming to Market Access, I've been able to utilise my past experience, because it's been sort of 17 years in this sector now, as well as, as well as truly be able to focus on it. And that, to me, has been a real breath of fresh air in this role. And it's good to be in a role where you can bring your true self to work. I think that would be my top tip to people. And in this role that I'm doing now, you know, this is encouraged and embraced to actually be yourself, to give over what your thoughts are on different processes and procedures. And my other strategy is, you know, as somebody in recruitment and talent acquisition, to understand how to utilise their applicant tracking systems and get the most out of them to be able to gain data. Because when you're in a conversation with somebody, often you do need data to back up what you're saying. So that's, I guess, where, you know, I'll definitely call myself a geek on that because in my sort of 17 years, I've implemented now three ATS systems. I by no means have a technology background. I studied marketing, specialising in advertising back when I was at those dark ages at university. But um, it's something I've become really passionate about because I feel that, you know, if a business is subscribing and paying for a system, then we ought to be getting the most that we can out of it. So, yeah, I would always say have an interest in that side of it, definitely. And I love hearing that personal journey as well, because it really just instills so much like confidence in people that you can, you can be given opportunities and you can, they can pass you by or you can grab them with both hands. Obviously what you've done in your career that's led you to market access today, implementing these ATSs, being able to say, look, I've done the implementation of that, even though you wouldn't necessarily have have thought that you could have done like 17 years ago, that would have crossed your mind. Um, No, 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 not at all. And and, and it also shows again that you did, I didn't need to have done, you know, a real technology background. It's about actually understanding how the people in our sector are going to utilise those systems and then being able to explain what might look like a very technical guide to those that are using it on a daily basis. So Yeah. yeah, that, that piece of it is, has been quite interesting and was something I never thought I'd end up doing. And I think um, what I've really loved you saying is talking about how you were able to bring your true self to work. Because again, just going back to that psychological safety, this is a problem that we have within the industry where people are struggling. They are saying yeah. to, their, to their staff, we want you to be yourselves, but then that it's not actually like t- turning into reality. But the fact that you've been onboarded through lockdown, you haven't been in the office and, and you can be so open and feel so safe and secure to bring your true self to work. I think that says a lot yeah. about the business. Definitely. And it's, and like I said, it's really, it's a refreshing environment to be in. And it is, it's really encouraged as well. We, you know, during lockdown, they set up a Slack channel and it's, it, we've got like a working from home fun channel where you could share different stories about yourselves and, and they put a theme on each week that we can put things in. So there's been so many things, for example, last week, one was about if you could share any things that are like really nice smells, you know, it sounds really silly or recipes or, you know, and when it was International Women's Month, we were able to upload an image of a woman that obviously had inspired us through our lives and a bit of a story behind that. So it just also creates a nice social element for people. So it's not just getting to know the teams through work and keeping it business effective. It's also you get to find out a little bit about people's personalities as well. And celebrating what makes people unique. Yeah. That is the key, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and what makes them yeah. work. Because, you know, when you say to people, why do you go to work? A lot of people say money. But actually, it's what you then go off and do with that and how you spend your time with that, I think. Yeah, yeah, really, that's amazing to hear. And really helpful for other people listening to this on what they can do to try and create that safety. So with all of that in mind, I know it's really exciting times now for market access. Mm-hmm. So what is next on the horizon that you're allowed to share? Um, yeah, of course. So obviously we, can, we keep continuing to invest in our people. 
and currently at the moment we're looking to ways to support staff from a mental health perspective we've already got a very good system um, in place however with the pandemic we want to look at something that, that gives a bit more we're also partnering with local schools in underprivileged areas to see if we can encourage more of a younger generation to think about fintech tech and stem as an area to continue studying in once they've finished um, maybe apprenticeships or schooling and we are continue, continuing to grow with many new exciting opportunities globally so there'll be lots more roles I would imagine coming up because there definitely is a pace of, of that increasing and we have an event in May uh, which we're supporting with a key speaker from our business Camille McKelvey who's given a personal insight into her journey into fintech which is really interesting and we've got other events planned focusing on women in tech and also with the universities and colleges that are known for having a more diverse population of students. So lots and lots of events and different ways that we can support local communities and also looking to those areas where, you know, for example, one of the things we're looking to with the apprentices is looking in the Tower Hamlets area where we know, you know, there's underprivileged children that might have never thought about coming into this sector. But if we can just get them into our business to spend some time with our managers and, and support them with some sort of experience, they might go away and think about it. And that's all we can do really to sort of continue the message that, this yeah. is a good sector to come into, but because you've never seen someone that does it before, you probably wouldn't even think about it. Yeah. And that's such a big point, isn't it? It's about raising that awareness so that the next generation knows that this is an option and yeah. a really good option. Um, yeah. and one way you'd be supported. And I think you've really encompassed that in all your answers to everything I've asked you today. Um, I've got to say, it's been so brilliant because you've felt like you've given us like loads of confidence in terms of what can be done within this industry. Yeah. It's not just, oh, let's be a bit more diverse because that could be good for fintech. It's actually, this is how you can have a really authentically inclusive environment. And these are the steps that you need to take. And that's Definitely. been really helpful listening to that. Um, and it's been brilliant having you on the Talent Surgery podcast. So thank you so much, Jenny. It's been brilliant having you. Thank you for having me. <laughs>